0: Welcome to the NRL.com Round 4 Preview Podcast. My name is Chris Kennedy. Alicia Newton is with me as always. Alicia, thank you for being here.
1: Not a problem at all. Hello, CK.
0: And uh, it's our great pleasure today to welcome rugby league statistician, historian, all around knowledgeable man, David Middleton. David, thank you for being here.
2: Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks for the introduction.
0: And the, um, I guess, for people who somehow don't know the um, the rugby league annual, a bit of a, an institution in uh, rugby league land, uh, it's back for this year after some um, some wobbly moments. Can you just talk people through what the deal is and where they can get their eyeballs upon it?
2: Yeah, sure. It was a bit of a challenge this year with everything going on uh, to get the annual out for for the 2020 season, but. Um, uh, after some, you know, I guess, um, difficult times during the summer to try and get it across the line, we, we finally got there. And um, with the assistance of the, of the NRL and the, the ARL Commission, the, the annual is a, is a reality for the 34th consecutive season. Um, it's now available to buy through NRL.com or at rugbyleagueannual.com.au. So it's a fairly simple way to buy it. Um, it, but it's online only, not in the newsagents or in the bookstores this year. Um, but rugbyleagueannual.com.au is how you can find it. Some 244 pages of everything possible that happened in in the rugby league season, which was uh, a historic one in so many ways in in 2020. How the the league coped with all the the troubles and the challenges that came its way. Um, We look at every single game played, match details on every game. There's a lot of historical information in terms of club records and representative records so uh for the diehard rugby league fan it, it's something that, that i think must be in their uh their bookshelf
0: yeah if you're a tragic like me it's compulsory reading let's get into some footy for round four it kicks off at lotto land on thursday night the sea eagles hosting the panthers last versus first uh Mido, is that about how you're expecting the form lines to play out um after three rounds last versus first
2: well, you would think so. I know Manly uh, are capable of, uh, of much better than that they've performed so far. And I, I recall a, a, a situation maybe two seasons ago where they um, performed a huge upset on Parramatta in, in reasonably similar circumstances. They were playing at home, not expected to win, and they caught Parramatta uh, right on the back foot from the outset. So, you know, it's, it's a danger game in some respects for the Panthers. They can't afford to, uh, to treat this game as an easy win. Uh, and I think Manly would find themselves a, in a very, very rare situation of being last against the first team in the competition. Um, a 0-3 start to the season is, is rare enough for the Seagulls, but <clears throat> for them to come up to, against the, the competition leaders in uh, you know, a last versus first, it's so often in their history, they have been the competition leaders playing the team right down the bottom. But uh, you have to tip the Panthers, I think.
0: Yeah. Alicia, you've heard from um, Ivan Cleary already today. Nathan Cleary and Spencer Leniu, who... um, Nathan obviously sat out round three with a head knock. Spencer copped a couple of knocks in round three. Are we expecting smooth sailing for them? Obviously, Dylan Edwards out. Crichton drops to the the fullback spot. What's going on with Penrith?
1: Yeah, as you say, um, Nathan got the all clear on Monday to... To uh to take the field, he, he Ivan sort of joked that the the amount of testing that they go through in the questions even he wouldn't be able to answer them. Mm-hmm. So um you know it, it's obviously a very strenuous protocol that they do go through um just to get back on the field. But yeah, it's an interesting one because the the Panthers um you know coming off such a big game as well mentally, do they do they go into this one a bit more um. I guess, complacent. Um, We've seen sort of Penrith in the past still destroy sides um, like no matter what. So I can't see it going any other way. The only thing, um, you know, with the changes in the back line with the Panthers, they might be a little bit vulnerable on their edges, but they proved last week against Melbourne that they can match it. So, yeah, I'm expecting it to be all my way sailing on Thursday night.
0: I'll um, tip Penrith as well, Mido. I guess it's an unusually vulnerable position for for Manly. They came into the season pretty skinny in terms of edge forwards, and they've lost a couple, um, a couple more. So they're they're really sort of having to to make do with those stocks. Obviously, without their first choice fullback and hooker, and no real recognised replacements in the roster as well. It's I guess it's a bit of an unusual situation for Manly to be in, just in terms of their roster depth being heavily tested in a couple of specific spots.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And look, I just think the the loss of Adam Fenua Blake has been huge for them as well because he was the guy who got things started for them in the middle of the field. And they don't really seem to have that authority in in the middle uh, at the moment. And <clears throat> I can't see things changing for them in the short term. You know, as you say, with injuries to to key forwards. Um, you know, like Curtis Irin and down at the moment. So I I think it's going to be a while before we see them uh, back on the front foot. I will be really interested to see how the changes work for the Panthers. Um, I'm excited to see Stephen Crichton play fullback uh, and to see what Matt Burton can do in another position in the centre. We've seen him, um, you know, perform really well at 5'8", but I guess this is a challenge for him defensively. And, you know, he got caught out Uh, against the Storm with that try from the scrum last Friday night when he was slow to react to the Storm changing sides the way they did from that scrum in midfield. So um, he'll need to be on his game defensively. And I think, you know, we see um, young centres and inexperienced centres can get found out very quickly in in this modern game. So uh, it'll be a challenge for him, but I'm excited to see it.
0: Yeah, I think we're all um, tipping Penrith in this one. will be a huge upset if Manly were able to get the job done. Let's have a look at a uh, good Friday footy, always um, one that we circle in the calendar. Another one where we're sort of looking at a team towards the top and a team towards the bottom with the Bulldogs hosting uh, the Rabbitohs. Uh, Mido, what are you, what are you looking forward to most in this one?
2: Yeah, again, uh, it's a similar situation, isn't it? Again, as you say, a team right up the top against a team that's really struggling and the dogs you'd have to say their confidence is just absolutely shot right at the moment. And uh, they're missing their captain this week and And Josh Jackson hasn't been uh, absent from this Canterbury side in 78 games. It's been quite an incredible run uh, for him. So they're going to have to get by without him. Um, and the way things are going at the moment, you know, I don't know where they're going to find their inspiration from. Um, they've got Lachlan Lewis playing five eighth in place of Jake Averillo. See Trent Barrett's made a couple of changes to that lineup this week. Um, But, you know, in a similar situation late last season, it was an incredible upset uh, when they beat South Sydney. I think it was round 19. Um, No one was tipping them. Um, It came from nowhere. But I guess we had seen some promise in the weeks leading up to it from the Dogs. They were just a a very um, defensively resilient. They were showing a lot of that um, strength in defence leading up to that game, but which we haven't seen so far this season. They've leaked a lot of points. And um, I guess they held the Broncos... uh, out for a long while last Saturday night before the floodgates opened, But geez, I think it's uh, going to be a real stretch to see uh, an upset happening this week.
0: Question uh, absolutely without notice. I don't know if you've looked at this yet, but two scoreless games for the Bulldogs. I think it's 160 odd minutes since their last points. This would have to be a, a pretty rare dry spell for, for any team.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, you know, It's happened uh, two zeros in a row have happened. A number of times down the years, but you're looking at three in a row. It's only happened once. And that was uh, the Cronulla Sharks in 2014. Uh, Had a couple of buys mixed in with it. But in three consecutive games that they played, they came up with zero points. Uh, Yet, within a couple of seasons, they were the premiers.
0: Yeah, interesting the way that things can turn around. Um, Alicia, uh, South sort of showed some good fighting coming back against Melbourne in uh, round one, got the job done against Manly in round two, probably not as convincing as they could have been and then just absolutely blew the Roosters away um, in round three. They're they're building pretty uh, ominously.
1: Yeah, they are. That Roosters game has really set them up to sort of kick on now in, in the middle half of the season, I think. Um, you know for them and they've also got a fair few players out that we forget but we, we just look back at their defense um, sorry their depth and it just you know when you've got Benji Marshall coming off the bench and he's just adding so much in their attack um, although he only got what 14 minutes last week mm. um, it's putting pressure on guys like Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker to you know to keep it up especially in attack so um, yeah they're going to be tough to beat all year like just looking at their lineup you know it's it's full strength and it's firing and I'm really worried about the Bulldogs this week, you know, against this South lineup because if they get on a roll, you know, the score could be anything.
0: Tipping uh, tipping the rabbitos then.
1: Yep, tipping the rabbit for
2: me. You know, that makes three of us. Yeah, it does look I think the big thing about South Sydney this year and and where they're so far ahead of last season is with Latrell Mitchell. He was really finding his yeah. feet at fullback in the opening six to eight weeks of last year's competition and now he was returning maybe eighty-five meters a game, and uh, Wayne Bennett was switching him to the centres late in contests and and bringing him on really slowly as a fullback. But this year, wow, he's um he's really impressing. Uh, in, you know, in the in his involvement in the game and uh, um and some of the class plays that he's coming up with already, uh, so early in the season, it's 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 quite ominous for the opposition, I think, when you when you have a player of his quality uh, and in in form so early in the season.
0: Yeah, I think this
1: really. Oh, no. could- Sorry, a couple of guys, a couple of guys that I want to see sort of left for the Bulldogs are Dylan Napa and, and Jack Hetherington. Like especially Hetherington, you know, he come across from Penrith uh, with a fair bit of a uh, bit of a rap sheet, but he, you know, he hasn't really started the season too strongly. And and along with Napa, like Napa's on, you know, some big money at the Dogs, and he's only really getting apart aside from this week a few minutes off the bench. So, you know, you need those guys to be firing up if if the Bulldogs are going to be any chance of you know, putting some points on the board against this South side.
0: Yeah, it's a stiff-ass this week. I think we're all tipping south. The second Friday game, 8pm, um, down there in Melbourne. We think uh, confirmation uh, today that the game will be going ahead down in Melbourne despite um, issues with COVID up in Brisbane, the Broncos travelling down. Um, it's actually the 11th place storm against the 10th-placed Broncos at this point in time, uh, mid but I'd expect those uh, latter positions to uh, to revert somewhat to what we saw last year as the uh, the weeks go on.
2: It's quite bizarre to look at that competition later, isn't it? To see the, the storm down so low. I mean, it is so rare for them to be uh, even outside the top eight. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think... I feel feel for Brisbane, even though they're looking far stronger this week with, with Payne Haas back and, and a couple of, uh, uh, you know, other players strengthening their lineup. But um, to come up against a storm side that's lost two in a row, I, I really feel for them. I don't know who... Uh, you know, I think any opposition would be feeling the same way uh, with, with a bit of, you know, it, it feels very ominous coming up against such a storm side. They've only lost uh, three in a row or worse, three times during Craig Bellamy's time uh, as coach of the Melbourne Storm. Um, so, you know, it's a very rare thing to, to find themselves in this position that they are to start the season with one win and two losses. That's rare in itself. Uh, they've got Ryan Pappenhausen back this week. Um, he's a huge in. Uh, giving them, you know, his such involvement around the middle of the field and his speed and acceleration off the mark. Uh, I, you know, I feel for, this, for the Broncos traveling down to, to, to Melbourne in, in the circumstances that they are having to leave Brisbane early in the week and um, just the disruption alone uh, is bad enough. But coming up against a storm side, having lost two games on the trot, they'll be really hungry to bounce back. And uh, I think it'll be a comfortable storm win.
0: Alicia, what are you uh, tipping for this one?
1: Yeah, pretty much all, all that Mido said. I think it'll be one way traffic again. Um, although you know Payne Haas coming back is a massive in for that Broncos side, and and who knows? I mean they they got that win last week, and it, confidence is everything. You know their first win in, in a long, long time, and um, you know who knows? It might might be closer than we think, but I think Melbourne. I mean, I can't Mido, you're the perfect man to ask. Three in a row. I can't see it happening.
2: No, I'll tell you the stats there. They lost um, three in a row in, in 2010. They lost four in a row in 2015 and five in a row in 2012. Um, apart from that, in Craig Bellamy's time, two in a row is a, is a horror losing streak. <laughs> and that's where they're at at the moment. It's it's unbelievable uh, the success that he's had down there. And, and very, very rarely do they put losses back to back to back.
0: So their worst losing streak under Bellamy came in 2012.
2: Exactly right. And they won the comp.
0: Yeah, I was going to say. Um, What about Brisbane? Uh, You mentioned Payne Haas, obviously, back in. Matt Lodge comes back. He tweaked his hammy in in round one, so he's a big in for them as well. We saw, you know, guys like Jermaine Izarko, Xavier Coates, Anthony Milford, all really sort of, I guess, find a bit of that attacking spark that we know that that talent lies within them. Um, Can you find some positives for Brisbane as they head down to Melbourne?
2: Yeah, sure. I think that right side really worked well for them against the Dogs, particularly late in the game, and Xavier Coates, you know he's he's found some got the confidence back after that bad knock uh, that he copped early in the year. Um, and Herbie Farnworth's another one who's a yeah. really exciting talent. Um, so they've got strike power, and I think you know if a couple of things go their way, they get a run of possession, and um, you know that you've got Payne Haas going forward and Lloyd going forward, then you know they're capable of scoring some points. Um, can't see them winning, but um, I, I think that you know, they'll have some better times um, ahead. And especially with, you know, with the change to, to Kevin Walters there, he'll, I, I think he'll capitalise on the confidence. You know, he's a, he's a confidence coach. He's a confident person. Um, I, I think once they start getting a bit of a role, I, I think they'll have some much better times this year than they've had in the last 12 months.
0: So three tips for Melbourne. We'll look ahead to Saturday afternoon footy, the Sharks and the Cowboys. Um Interesting uh, comp- contest, I guess, this one. Meadow Sharks had a, a horror run last weekend just with their injuries, losing all four bench players, had to do the whole second half um, with the 13 fit players they had on the field. That They weren't able to use any interchanges other than for injury during the, the whole match. But um, Cowboys, you'd have to say, in an even worse spot, I think five changes to the team this week, most of them selection-based after a horror start to the year.
2: Yeah, and there's still no Michael Morgan and still no Jason Tamalolo, which is uh, critical for the Cowboys. I mean, they're their two leading players. Um, and and they've copped some really hard um, losses early in the season. Uh, it's hard to see how Todd Payton can turn things around. He has put his players on notice by making some significant team changes this week. And um, Holmes will get again play at fullback and um, drink water at 5'8". But, you know, it's, it's, it's dire times for them. And, and travelling to Sydney has never been their strong suit either. Um, they play at, at Cogre, um, which is not exactly Cronulla's home ground. But, you know, you'd have to say that after last week, Cronulla um, should be able to bounce back. I think Wade Graham's been... Uh, he's got to go through those those um, protocols along with um, with Kennedy. Uh, they're, they're going to be missing Nukora. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I still think that they should have the the cattle there to uh, to get the job done against the Cowboys. I'm
0: expecting for this one, Alicia.
1: I think it's gonna be a lot closer than what we think. I think they you know, a couple of changes with, with our going to fall back, you know, might spark them a little bit more and, and drink water, it's tough because he like he left Melbourne, you know, and I think Billy Slater rated him as as the next big thing, you know, after him and um, he just hasn't been able to find any sort of consistency in his game just up there given how inconsistent the Cowboys have been as a whole. But, um yeah, like Cronulla for me was another step backwards against the Eels last week. They're sort of just that team that are just thereabouts, can't really suss them out this time of the year. Um, yeah, I reckon it'll be, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Cowboys got over the line. However, I did pick them as my team this week that, you know, have surprised me just at how badly they've played. Like they've obviously talked up such a – big preseason of playing fast and um, you know, we just haven't seen anything like it. And then defensively, you know, they're showing the signs that they did last year where they just crumbled, especially on the edges. So um, yeah, I'm leaning towards Cronall in this one, but it would not surprise me at all if, if the Cowboys found some form and got the win.
0: The second Saturday games turned into a bit of a doubleheader down there at Cogra, with both games having been moved uh, from Queensland to to Cogra. Titans and the Raiders, um, Mido, really looking forward to this one, actually, um, potentially, you know, a a tight clash. Uh, Titans, super impressive the past two weeks. Raiders coming off a loss, but one under extreme injury. Uh, Juress, what are you expecting from this one?
2: Yeah, we've spoken about a few of the games being teams up the top of the ladder against teams way down the bottom, but this one I reckon is... uh, is a a really tight one, Uh, tight one to pick. Um, Teams that are both in pretty good form. I mean, I think we can discount that loss for the Raiders last Saturday, given the injury situation. I mean, they, to all intents and purposes, were headed towards a fairly comfortable win over the Warriors before, um, you know, losing four players, which was, Pretty well unprecedented, and um, you know, it seemed it was an intriguing contest, but it seemed inevitable, didn't it, that they would get run down in the end, and and that is the way it turned out, um, albeit with that controversial pass. Um, but look, I, I've really liked what the Titans are doing and what they're building towards, and really impressed with um, the emergence of Fafida and Fasua Malawi at, at the Titans and how they've really just um, clicked into gear very quickly. Fafita had that illness. Um, in the first round, so he was a little bit quiet then. But, you know, the last fortnight, he's been dynamic. And, um, and I, I just think the players running off the back of him, like Fodawaka um, in particular, has been really impressive. And they've got, they've got so much talent out wide, the speed of Brimson at the back. Um, and, you know, and the goal kicking of, of Jamal Fogarty last, uh, last weekend, record-breaking proportions, he kicked eight for mate. So they've got a, a huge amount going for them.
0: If I'm not mistaken, it was the biggest team score in Gold Coast Titans history.
2: Yeah, it was exactly. And, you know, they've been uh, accused, I guess, in the past of, um, of, of not going on with the job. But they did show a fair bit of ruthlessness uh, last weekend. And, and as you say, a record record tally.
0: You touched on the the pack. Uh, Fafita and faso Malawi both doing great things. That the new recruits Fotuaka um, pushed back to the bench and was really able to, I guess, lift the the intensity of the game when he came on. I thought that worked well. And the the decision to move Tino to starting prop and and get Tyrone Peach into the early exchanges, just adding an extra dimension with his ball playing and his work around sort of the the middle of the park. I thought the the pack and you're throwing guys like Lasuni and Joliffe, um, just a real, really really well rounded pack with a few different types of body. Shapes a few different types of threats,
2: yeah. I really like what, um, you yeah, know, some of the teams are doing experimenting with a lock forward role. It seems to be evolving, um, and, and it has evolved quite a bit over the last few years. And, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, the pull gallons and you know, the big heavy set middle forwards being placed in the number 13 jersey, but you know, more often we're seeing you know, Connor Watson playing at lock and Tyrone Peachy you know, it's, it's sort of changing again, isn't it? You know, it, it went towards that middle forward role and now it's becoming, I guess, with the speed of the game, the six again rule, um, you know, the, the lack of stoppages, that that, that player who's just um, very uh, light on his feet, elusive um, and, you know, like a roving player uh, like Peachy really is. He, you know, it's really hard to find define a position for Peachy and I guess it's similar with, with Watson at the Knights as well. But, yeah, I'm really liking that with, with what they did with him.
0: Alicia, the the Raiders, Ryan James up against his um, his former team denied A bit of a homecoming, I guess, by the venue switch. But um, they've lost Curtis Scott, so Seb Chris, assuming he passes his HIA, gets another game in the centres. Joe Tarpany, who was injured last week, um, also won't play. So a few, a little bit of uh, cattle missing for them, but probably most of their their key structural players still there, and they'll be desperate to to bounce back after the way they lost it last week.
1: Yeah, a couple of those guys you mentioned, Chris and, and Ryan James, hopefully they get cleared, um, particularly for James coming up against his his former club. You know, he'll have a little bit of a point to prove. Um, yeah, it was an interesting one last week. Obviously, they just ran out troops in the end, but I still thought that, you know, to, to, to let the Warriors sort of come back in that one um, defensively, and you know, I thought Ricky Stewart, It was obviously a very short press conference, but... Um, you know, sort of deflected that 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 part away from it, just given you know the whole forward pass situation um, or controversy and and everything else. So I'm expecting them to to bounce back and and sort of um, sort of right the wrongs of last week, just taken away from from what sort of ended up happening in the end. Um, yeah, but they they look they look strong on paper as they always have, and obviously with Hudson Young coming back as well, and they've got Emery Gula there on the bench if if James does um, does get ruled out. So. Yeah, it's a, as as mentioned, it's a pretty uh pretty tight
0: one to, to tip. Is that so? That's a Raiders tip from you, but not with great confidence.
1: Yeah, I'm leaning towards Raiders. I thought if if the game was up on the Gold Coast, I would have um I would have gone towards the Titans, but now that it's uh, been moved, definitely uh the Raiders for me.
0: Mido, you're fairly bullish on the Raiders. You now that it's in Sydney, you're you're expecting Raiders to edge a tight one.
2: Yeah, look, I I like the Raiders this year, in fact. You know, I I tip them to win the comp. You know, they do have a couple of injury concerns, as you say, and questions over a couple of players passing those HIA protocols during the week. But, um, yeah, I I think if there's going to be an upset this round, the Titans are capable, but I'll stick with the Raiders to win. Um, And, you know, that disruption probably won't help the Titans, um, you know, having to move uh, to Sydney, move the home game to Sydney, probably favours the Raiders.
0: Haven't really touched on it, but still without their, um, their first choice, 5-8th uh, in Ash Taylor, missing a few games of the broken hand. Tanner Boyd, understated, but, um, you know, useful game from him last week alongside Fogarty, who you touched on, was, was quite dominant. So um, I guess I'll go against the grain. I'll tip the uh, the Titans in a little bit of an upset. Moving on, Sunday footy, 4pm at McDonald Jones Stadium, the Knights and the Dragons um, you know, the I mean, the Dragons are probably one of the surprise packets of the year so far for me, admittedly against some pretty weak opposition in in Manly and Cowboys the past fortnight. Um, but they've shown a, a fair bit of steel and Knights currently um, also inside the, the top eight. So an all top eight um, clash, this one at the moment.
2: Yeah, exactly right. W- what you say about the uh, the last two performances of the Dragons. But now with Ben Hunt out with that leg injury, um, you know, it's a, that's a huge loss for them. Uh, and I think the Newcastle Knights will be absolutely filthy with themselves on letting that game slip against the Tigers last Sunday. It was a game they really should have won. Um, their performance was was pretty ordinary. You know, they missed Bradman Best um, hugely. I was really surprised that they went with, um, you know, s- such an experience out wide with Dominic Young. On debut. the age of 19, he's only had like a couple of uh, Super League games under his belt. So he was extremely raw. Uh, and I just thought even before that game, you know, that they were going to be very vulnerable defensively to have a player. You know, you know, we talk about young players and inexperienced playing in the centers. I mentioned Matt Burton earlier. Well, to have, you know, Dominic Young and his first taste of the top grade, I mean, he was going to be a target right from the start. And, and it was not only him, it was uh, Shibasaki really um, let himself down. I think with his poor handling Mm. on the weekend as well, Um, he's, he's earned a reprieve at this stage, whereas Young's um, among the reserves. Um, but, you know, I, I just think um, Adam O'Brien will, and the team, the team themselves will be filthy in letting that game lose, uh, letting themselves lose that game. Um, I, I think they'll bounce back against the Dragons, who are up against uh, a much tougher proposition this week, uh, particularly when you look at the pack of the Newcastle Knights. And Clemmer uh, and Safidi, Daniel Safidi, um, have led the way in, in the middle of the field um, so far this season. And I, I think the Dragons will be in for a really tough encounter against them.
0: Alicia, as a um, Knights enthusiast, that backline last week missing Ponga, missing Best, missing Edric Lee, missing Star Toa. It was, as Mido says, very inexperienced. And uh, I guess Shibasaki will be desperate to to bounce back um, this week. I think Star Toa comes back in, but uh, the rest of the reinforcements still uh, a little while off.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Shibasaki actually plays because he got Blake Green there on the bench. So I'm expecting some like changes. Like maybe we might see Kurt Mayer go into the centers. Um, he's obviously played there during his storm days and anywhere, um, he's more than capable. <laughs> um, yeah. I just thought the basic errors is what obviously killed them last week. Like they, they look good for about 10 minutes and then everything else just fell apart. But, you know, you also got to put into account that they have got six top players out, you know, of their side. And I think Tigers were nearly at full strength last week. So if that's any positive, but in the end they sort of blew the occasion. I felt a bit for for Mitch Pierce in that 300th game, but um. Yeah, I think the, the, the benefits there are that they're, they're back on home turf and, you know, an angry Knights side is usually one that sort of comes out firing. Um, and as Mido said with the four pack, that's where you could probably get the Dragons because they, they are a little bit light on, um, especially starting against that Knights side and got Tyson Brazel as well playing against his old club. Um, so he'll have a bit of a point to prove. Um, but yeah, it's shaping up to be a pretty decent game.
0: What do you make of this Dragons lineup, Mido? I mean, obviously touched on Ben Hunt out. Adam Clune comes in and be pressure on um, Corey Norman to to lead the playmaking. A bit of a, I guess, an unusual pack from what we would have thought um, a few months ago. With you know Josh Kerr moved out to an edge. Tyrell Fuimaono starting at lock when he sort of played edge and center in the in the past. you know Trent Merrin and Dan Alvaro, sort of these guys coming off the the bench. Is, you know it's a slightly odd looking pack, I guess, from what we would have expected this year.
2: It's a bit unfashionable, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they've done the job the last couple of weeks, but as we say, they're up against um, a, a top eight, you know, contender this week. Whereas the last two weeks, uh, they've been their opposition have really struggled. So uh, it's a big test for them. Uh, it's a big test, I guess, for Anthony Griffin um, with his pack and how. Um, he can get the team on the front foot with no band this week because I think that combination and such knowledge between you know such you know long long-term knowledge between McCulloch and hunt uh, has, has been a benefit to the team um, over the last couple of weeks I think you know they their, their play is kind of second nature is that they, they each know what the other is going to do and, and where they're going to be so um, they've worked well um, in combination so they're going to miss that uh, very much this week, and it'll be Clune and Norman who have to get the job done for the Dragons, but um, I, you know, I think we'll find a much hungrier um, and a much more disciplined Newcastle side this week.
0: Three tips for Newcastle then? Yep. yep. One, two, three. Uh, Sunday evening, footy, the Roosters and the Warriors at the Sydney Cricket Ground, mid-o, The big story for the Roosters, obviously, the injuries... Um, just really unfortunate with with Luke Keary um, doing his ACL last week. Lock on a- Lamb out for six weeks as well. We get to look at the um, the young gun Sam Walker coming in. We we always thought we were going to see him at some point this year, but he's he's getting thrust into the main playmaking role sooner than Trent Robinson would have hoped. Uh, alongside Drew Hutchison, who's a bit of a, a journeyman, a quite experienced these days, played a, a few different positions. But um, it's going to be a, a big ask for um for a new Harbs combination.
2: Yeah, really will. And they'll be up against a Warriors side that's really buoyed and you know, their confidence will be up after that um, the win over the Raiders. And, um, yeah, it'll be a good contest, that's for sure. And, and, you know, the Roosters have got such class in their team, but, you know, massive disruption uh, with all the injuries and the long list of players on the sideline um, and experienced players such as Friend and and Cordner as well. Um, you know, they're, they're going to do a tough for the season we might just see some kind of you know emotional response to bounce back this week for them you know given the situation and um you know there'll be a lot of excitement around Sam Walker's debut um I guess he'll be a bit of a target for the Warriors as well but um you know I'm really looking forward to seeing how it plays out um you know there's nothing better than watching a game at the cricket ground um Brewster's uh, up against a, a free attacking team like the Warriors as well and Um, You know, it's just a joy to watch a player like Roger Shek in action, isn't it? Just to see some of the incredible things that he can do. Uh, It just, you know, he's the the bloke I think the NRL right there at about this year, isn't he? Defying the impossible. Um, And he does it on a regular basis.
0: We saw it last week with that uh, miraculous trisaber at the end. Um, Roosters also without Lindsay Collins, who's been super impressive, super strong for them in the middle uh, this year, a head knock last week and also an ankle injury. Victor Radley uh, finally plays his first game since doing his ACL last year. He comes in uh, at lock. Alicia, the Warriors, not without their issues. Sean O'Sullivan had to take over in the halves last week with Chanel Harris-Tavita out for, for three months. So um, not quite smooth sailing for the, the Warriors either, but um, they'll be up for this one obviously, after an exciting win last week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That game in Canberra, um, you know, will will give them a whole lot of confidence leading into this Roosters clash. I guess the thing for them is probably between the ears, you know, do they read too much into the Luke Keery injury, you know, to to think that it's going to be all smooth sailing or do they just sort of hit the ground running and, and cause a bit of an upset? Um, they've lost Peter Hickey this week with a knee injury, which hurts them a little bit, but Marcelo Montoya comes in, obviously former Bulldog, play against his old, um, sorry, um, play his first game of the year. Um, but we touched on before with Adam Fenua-Blake. I think he's, you know, he's been the difference for the Warriors, just, just motoring them forward. And then you've got Bunty Foa who missed most of last year with injury, um, getting those guys match fit. And, and suddenly we're starting to see the rewards, you know, up front for them. Um, I thought Bailey Cyrandon's been playing quite well as well on the edge. It's been a nice little purchase for them. And you've got when you've got Tohu Harris, you know, consistent either on the edge or through the middle, um, you know, they're they're starting to shape up quite nicely. So, um, yeah, I guess as I said, it's all sort of between the ears for them at this point, especially up against this Rooster side who, who are sort of in dire straits.
0: Ben Murdoch-Masila making a huge difference off the bench as well. He was match-turning uh, last week. Are you Are you tipping the Roosters despite their injury woes?
2: I'm tipping the I... Roosters. Sorry, I had to butt in there. I'm there you directing. are. Directing. Go, Alicia.
1: No, no, no. I was going to say, yeah, I am, but with absolutely no confidence. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how you can sort of overcome your your major playmaker that quickly. Um, but then again, you look at their side and they have got a fair bit of class across the park. So defensively, I think they'll be still tough to crack. But, um, you know, I give the Warriors every chance.
2: I'm liking the uh, the Roosters based on the fact that Brett Morris is playing. If you had a look at Brett Morris' record <laughs> against the Warriors, played him 14 times for 14 wins. And that that is some sort of omen. He's got a few
0: tries along the way as well.
2: And, he's, and the number of tries he's scoring, what, seven tries in his opening three games of the season? Yeah. Um, and James Tedesco, not far behind him. I think he's got he's got five five or six himself. So, uh, yeah, there's plenty of try scoring potential uh, remaining in the Roosters despite the injuries. And, uh, you know, I, I still think they've got the class to, to win it, um, and, and especially being on home soil.
0: Tip the wrist as well, but certainly not riding off the Warriors. Uh, Easter Monday footy always uh, one to circle in the calendar as well. The West Tigers and the Parramatta Eels at uh, Stadium Australia, 4pm Monday afternoon. Um, Mido, the last time we saw these two teams play on an Easter Monday, if I'm not mistaken, was the first ever game at Bankwest Stadium. Mitch Moses had a field day against his old club and the Eels put on a bit of a cricket score. What are you expecting from this one?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think back to a um, an Easter Monday game at, at Stadium Australia maybe two or three years ago where they, they attracted 50,000 just about uh, on that Easter Monday afternoon. Well, I, I think this was shaping as, a, you know, pretty well a no contest up until the fact that uh, the Tigers beat Newcastle last Sunday. And, and now that's, you know, I, I think it brings it back to a, a fairly attractive proposition now. I think the Tigers showed a lot of strength in that game. Um, a lot of... Uh, um, buying into Michael Maguire's plan. I think they, they all stuck together really well to get that win. It was a win of, um, of will and desire more than anything. You know, there was still a lot uh, of looseness in their play, a lot of mistakes, um, but they willed themselves across the line and that was the most impressive part of their, of their win over a team that they, you know, that weren't expected to beat. So, look, you know, they're, they're a capable team. Um, I don't think they've got um, Parramatta's all-round class Um, You know, if you look at it player on player, I think you'd have Parramatta well ahead. I'll tip Parramatta to win on on the strength of what they're going to put on the field. But yeah, I I don't write write the Tigers off entirely, especially given what they produced uh, against the Knights last Sunday.
0: Alicia, the Eels obviously get Ryan Madison back, another player up against his former club, which allows Isaiah Papali'i to return to what's a pretty imposing bench all round. Um, it got the job done without Moses last week after he had the head knock earlier, though obviously the Sharks had much worse injury dramas of their own. But um, looks like a pretty strong Eels lineup based on, um, on what they're able to name this week.
1: Yeah, and I think that bench is probably where they've you know made a massive difference compared to, to last season. They've sort of just added that little bit of X factor. Even a guy like Will Smith, you know, being able to bring him on after Moses went off, and I think he set up a couple of tries and sort of didn't look out of place. And that's that's purely because he's been in their system for a couple of years now, and mm. um, he's he's been able to do that. So um, yeah, I'm a little bit a little bit torn on this one. Usually, Easter Monday clashes the Eels sort of you know are well in it against the Tigers and sort of blow them away, but. Um, I think she might be a little bit different. I just on the Tigers for me, like Dane Laurie, you know, he's been absolutely sensational since he's come across. Like even in the beaten team in the week before he was, he was one of their best players and he sort of kicked on against the Knights and was quite dangerous. Adam Dewey is another one. I think his inclusion um, has sort of changed it up a little bit, taken a bit of heat off Luke Brooks. And um, and that's what Luke Brooks needs. So... Um, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a pretty cracking game. And just on that fifty thousand, I hopefully hopefully we can get something like it because um you know that that game probably probably deserves it. And um you know after missing out last year on Easter Monday game, hopefully all the fans can turn up.
0: So you're tipping
2: Parramatta.
1: Yeah, Parramatta for me.
2: You know, yeah, I think if the West Tigers of round two turn up. I think it could be a cakewalk for the Eels, but if the West Tigers of round three uh, take the field, it'll be a much more even contest. And yeah, you know, I guess it's a little bit of a, a mental challenge for Parramatta because I think they'll be expecting to uh, to have a fairly easy afternoon. But uh, you know, if they've got their game faces on, you know, they, they should win comfortably. I'll tip Parramatta to win, um, but you know, the West Tigers can put up a good fight.
0: I'll, uh, I'll tip Eels to join the Panthers at 4-0 and atop the table after four rounds. Thank you so much both for joining us, um, giving us all your thoughts on the, uh, the big round four clashes ahead. Um, Alicia, thanks as always. And Mido, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure.
1: Thanks, guys.